0: If you would take your Bibles and go to 1 Kings chapter number 10. 1 Kings chapter number 10. If you would have talked to that Bible student 40 years ago. Told him that one day he'd be preaching in chapel at West Coast Baptist College. That he would be pastoring a church in Hawaii of all places that he'd have a great number of students that are here at this college, that we would be, have built an auditorium in, in Hawaii which has not been done by independent Baptist churches in decades, that he had accomplished all these things, I would have said, that's unbelievable. There's no way. I would have said as we read in our passage today, the half has not been told. The half has not been told. As college students in a Bible college, your desire is to do something for the Lord. And today I wanna just encourage you. I wanna try to encourage you in the, in the, in the service of the Lord and in, let you know how important it is to serve the Lord. And if you could get a glimpse into your future, you would say with the Queen of Sheba, the half has not been told. Today I'm gonna use some illustrations from my life, but I want you to understand that I'm not bragging on James Reed. I'm I'm bragging on the Lord Jesus Christ. The half has not been told. And you're going to have some great things if you stick it out. If you keep serving the Lord. Look with me at First Kings chapter number 10. The Bible says, And when the Queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. The Queen of Sheba is a real person. The Lord Jesus Christ himself used her as an illustration of one who came to Solomon to ask hard questions can you imagine what it would be like to be able to speak to the wisest man that ever lived and ask him anything that you wanted there are times when I was teaching in a elementary school and I would ask the kids if they had any questions they wanted to ask they could ask any question sometimes I do it in Sunday school with the adults it's amazing the questions that you get some of them are pretty good questions some of them are pretty dumb questions. But again, to have the opportunity to ask somebody a question, anything that you wanted, that's what the Queen of Sheba came. She'd heard the fame of Solomon, and she asked the concerning, I want you to notice, the name of the Lord. She wasn't interested in Solomon. She wasn't interested in the things that Solomon had done. She wanted to know about the Lord. And she asked him questions about the Lord and she came to prove him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels and that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him all that was in her heart. Everything that was in her heart, everything that she had heard, all of the stories that had been told about what was going on in Jerusalem and with Solomon. She had asked him all these questions and she was able to sit and commune with him and and fellowship with him, and talk with him, and she asked things, all the things that were in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions, and there was not anything hid from the king, from the king which he told her not. When the queen of Sheba had seen all that Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, and the meat in his tables, and the setting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel and the cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. She'd heard all these great things that had happened with King Solomon. She'd heard what the Lord was doing down in Jerusalem. She asked all of these questions. She asked everything that was in her heart. And she got to the point where there was no more spirit in her. Have you ever been there? Have you ever said that's just too good to be true? That's where she was. It's just too good to be true. What the Lord has done is almost beyond belief. She has done, she was beyond her spirit. There was no more spirit in her. And she said unto the king, It is a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, The half was not told me. The half was not told me. She'd heard what was going on down in Jerusalem. She'd heard what happened with Solomon. And she came and found out to find out what what was true. She kept asking questions. And finally, she got to the point where all of her questions were answered. And she saw all the great things that God had done. And she came to the conclusion the half has not been told. I'm looking out at a sea of of faces of great potential. Of things that God wants to do in your life. God wants to accomplish great things. And as we look into your future, I want you to understand the half has not been told. The half has not been told. If God were to tell you all the things that he was going to do with you, it would scare you. You would get to the point where you'd say it's unbelievable. But after 35 to 40 years of ministry, I can look back and I can look back over the ministry that God has given me. And though I'm, I'm nothing. God is everything and God has done great things. Let me just remind you of how great it is to serve the Lord. I want to show you four things. Four areas where the half has not been told. If you take your Bibles now and go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. While you're finding that one night we were having a camp meeting and our our, uh, teenagers were at camp. My youth director decided to have a special testimony night. And the testimony night was to have them give their testimony of how they got saved. I go every night to the, to the camp and I sit through the services and through the testimony times. I was sitting towards the back and I was listening to what was happening. And one of the first people to get up was one of the counselors. He happens to be a deacon in my church. He had a daughter there that was at camp and he was a counselor. And he got up to give his testimony. And he stood up and he gave this testimony. He said, I visited the church. He said a few days after that, the pastor came by the house. And he knocked on my door, following up on the the card. And we sat down on the living room couch and. The pastor. That's me. Led him to the Lord. So that's how I got saved. He got he said, I got saved because of the pastor of the church coming by and leading me to the Lord. And I was sitting in the back and I was remembering the time when we were sitting there on that couch. And I remember his two little girls running around the house and I remember his wife. His wife is from Russia and she's very uh, stoic looking. She doesn't smile very much. And I remember when I walked into the house, she didn't greet me very warmly. And I thought maybe she didn't want me there. And I remember when I sat down on the couch with Chris that she got the kids and she took them out of the room. I thought, well, maybe she just doesn't want to hear what I have to say and she's upset with me, but I'm going to witness to him anyway. And I remember I led him to the Lord that night on his, on his couch. He got saved. He came and started coming to our church. He got baptized. And now he's a deacon in our church and he's working, teaching Sunday school class and camp camp leader and all of these other things that's going on. Right after that, his daughter got up to give a testimony. His daughter was one of those little ones that was running around in the the room that the mom had to take out of the way so that I could talk to the dad. By the way, she was already saved. She'd been praying that her her husband would get saved. She took the kids out of the room so that that, uh, I could witness to him. The daughter got up and she says, one of the preaching services at, ch- at church, Pastor Reed was preaching. And she said, I walked down the aisle and I trusted Christ as my savior. And that whole family was transformed. Whole family was changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as I was sitting there, his wife was sitting there just a few seats in front of me. And he had just given his testimony about how he'd gotten saved and his daughter had given her testimony about how she got saved at church and how friendship was uh, the result of, of the ministry of friendship. And she turned to look at me and she mouthed the words. Thank you. Thank you. Often I sit on the platform of the church and the young people stand up and sing and give testimonies. And I think of what a joy it is. Here's the first half that has not been told. The joy of serving God. The joy of serving God. When you get into the the ministry, when you serve the Lord, there's nothing like serving the Lord. Nothing like it. The world will do everything they can to distract you. The world will do everything, the devil will do everything to try to discourage you. But I want you to understand one thing. You're here because the Lord wants you to serve him. And there is a joy in serving the Lord. Yes, there's hard days. Yes, there's difficult days. Paul gave the testimony when he was at Ephesus about how he wanted to finish his course with joy. He'd served with many hardships and many trials and tribulations. And yes, the ministry has many tough days. But let me just tell you something. The joys outweigh the troubles, the difficult times, the joy outweighs them. Looking at your verse, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 9. But as it is written, Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man save the Spirit of man, which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things which are freely given to us of God. God says there's some things that are going on that He wants to accomplish, some things that He wants to do, and He can't tell you all these things. This body, this mind can't comprehend them. But the Spirit of God today, I hope the Spirit of God works in your heart and encourages you and tells you to keep on going. Keep on serving the Lord. Keep on trusting the Lord. It has been said of this generation that this generation wants to live for something that's bigger than themselves. Well, let me just tell you something. There's nothing bigger than God. And the biggest thing you could live for is live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just t- tell you, at this time of the year, and, 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 and I understand that during this time of the year, sometimes we get a little discouraged, we get a little down. We look at the, the tests that are coming. We look at the holiday season that's coming. We, we look at all the requirements that are, are, are in front of us. And we get a little discouraged. Let me just tell you something. Don't quit. Keep on going. Keep on going. It's worth it. As much as I can tell you, the half has not been told yet. Serve the Lord. Live for something that's bigger than yourself. Rejoice in what the Lord is doing through you. Just find some joy in what God is doing. Now take your Bibles and go to Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 16. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 16. One thing that is about our ministry is we have just built a brand new auditorium. We've been in it for three, three and a half years now. We built this this new auditorium, this new building right on a corner of a very busy corner of a street. And once we got moved into it, we got a lot of people that came in. They saw it being built and they saw the the. the building going up and the things that are happening and the trucks moving and the people coming to work and all the things that are happening. It was a very busy street. A lot of people saw it. So when we opened up our doors we got a lot of visitors that came just because they saw the building being built. One day there was a man that showed up that he, in Hawaii we call it bolo head. He had no hair. He was bald. And he showed up at church and he said he lived across the street and he saw the building going up and he wanted to see what was going on. So he came to one of our services. And as we were standing there as I was greeting him and he's coming into the service. I got to ask him if he knew for sure he was going to heaven when he died. And he said he didn't know. And I took him off to the side and I led him to the Lord. I gave him the gospel and led him to the Lord. He trusted Christ without an invitation, without a preaching service. Before church ever started, he got saved. He started coming to our church. He got baptized. He started coming to our church and I'd fellowship with him every once in a while. And I did not realize, didn't understand it. The reason that he was was headed was because he was having chemotherapy. He had cancer, but he never told me that. He kept coming to church and he told me that his family lived across the street with him. He lived actually with his daughter. And he was trying to get them to come to church. He was trying to get them saved as well. He was burdened about them and he wanted, wanted them to come to church. So I'd go by the house and I'd knock on the door and I'd invite them to church. And often I wouldn't catch them at home and I'd have to leave a track or leave a, a card on the door. But I couldn't lead, lead them to the Lord because I'd never got a chance to talk with them. Then one day I got a call from his daughter. And Max was in hospice. He was dying of cancer. I, like I said, I didn't know that until the, the, that time. I went down to the hospice room and he was laying there and half, the, half of what he used to be, laying there dying. His daughter and his son-in-law were there and his son was there. And I sat down next to the bed and I asked him, I said, I said Max, are you okay? He said, Pastor, I know I'm dying. He said, but I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. Max passed away. So we had to plan his funeral. His daughter was in charge of the funeral and I was in charge of the speaking part of it. So we sat together and we went through the funeral process of uh, planning out the funeral for Max and doing all the things, and she showed me his Bible, and she showed me the room where he'd prayed, and his prayer list, and all of the things that he had. We sat, and we went through the thing, and I said, now there's one last thing we've got to take care of before we have the funeral. She said, what's that? And I said, I need to ask you a question. I said, if you were to die, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven when you die? She said, no, I don't know that. She said, my dad kept telling, talking to me about it, but I, didn't, I don't know that. I said, let me take a Bible and show you how you can know that. She trusted Christ as her Savior there at her kitchen table as we were planning the funeral for her dad. Took a couple of weeks, but she started coming to church. She got baptized. Her her husband was already saved, and he started coming to church, and they started attending church with their three or four little kids and and bringing them to junior church. And and weeks went by, and, and years went by, and now... The last last two weeks I've baptized two of his granddaughters. And I got to thinking about it as I baptized those those two little granddaughters. I was thinking about Max in heaven. While he was down here, he was praying for his kids and his grandkids to get saved. And he passed away and he went to heaven. And the Bible tells us that in heaven they see what's going on, they know what's happening. They, they see what's happening. They, they see what's, uh, I, I see Max standing up in heaven, looking down over the portals of heaven, watching Friendship Baptist Church. And seeing his grandkids getting baptized. And oh, the joy. Oh, the excitement. The Bible says the rejoicing over one sinner that happens in heaven. The wonders of heaven. The half has not been told. The half has not been told. When we get to heaven there's and, and there's going to be wonderful things about heaven. The streets of gold are wonderful. The mansions are wonderful. The never getting sick. The never dying. The never having to say goodbye to a loved one. All these wonderful things. To be able to see the Lord Jesus Christ the best thing of all. But what a wonderful thing it's going to be in heaven when we get to sit around the Lord's table and tell each other the story of grace that God did in our lives. The wonderful things that happened in heaven. So often we fellowship with with believers and we sit down and we get to hear their testimonies and hear about what God has done in their lives. Can you imagine for all eternity the stories we're going to hear? What a glory, what a What a wonder it's going to be in heaven. And I think of Max in heaven. I think of his rejoicing. And the half has not been told. The half has not been told. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 16 says, But now they desire a better country, which is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to call them their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Most people want utopia. Utopia. Most people, the, 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 the things that are going on in this world, the protests that are going on in this world, people say, we want justice. We want everything to be fair. We want everything to be right. We want utopia. Well, I want to tell you something. You're not going to get utopia here. This world will never be utopia. But there is a utopia to come. I think there's a reason why there's a desire in our heart for everything to be right and everything to be perfect and everything to be good and everything to be joyous and there be no sin and no, no troubles and trials. I think God placed that in our hearts to, to make us desire heaven and want heaven. And the half has not been told about the wonders of heaven and the glories of heaven and what God has prepared for us. So let me tell you, students of West Coast, don't live for the things of this world. Don't live for the, the things of this world are temporary. The things of this world, they won't last. They don't matter. Don't live for the money of this world. God will supply your needs. Be content with the things that you have. But live for eternal things. The half has not been told Of the wonders of heaven. I I want in on that. I don't want in on the the things of this world. I don't want the the cars and the clothes and the money and and the temporary things of this world. I want I want the eternal things. God says the half has not been told. When we we get to heaven, we're going to see some things that we, we didn't see down here. So let's live for the things of heaven. Let's live for the eternal things. Let's live for a better country. Now take your Bibles and go to John chapter number 20 and verse number 30. John chapter number 20 and verse number 30. The city that we live in is called Eva Beach. Spelled E-W-A, but it's pronounced Eva. And we actually live in a place that's called Eva Villages. The Eva Villages was a part where, where the plantation sugar plantation workers used to live. Sugar plantation went out of business and the houses are still there. The old building that we were in, the one where our school is, is actually the Japanese club from the plantation days. And these old houses are, are, are all around us. They've been refurbished and rebuilt and but some of the old, old timers still live there. And we do a strange thing at our church. We take a map and take a handful of tracks and walk down a street and just knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. One day, my soul winning partner and I, on a Tuesday afternoon, we started knocking on some of these old, old doors they've been knocked on hundreds of times. In fact, the first Sunday, the first Saturday as a pastor of the church, I was, I was the original soul winning program. Uh, by myself, I started knocking on the doors right around the church, and introducing myself as pastor. And so I've knocked these doors, I don't know how many times. And they're old, old buildings, and they're single wall construction, and there's not much, much to them. And, Most of the people know friendship. It's it's, the schools right there on the corner. The church was there for a number of years and they know it. But we decided it was time to knock those doors again. We started knocking on doors and we came down to this one house. And a man opened up the door and again, very pleasant. The people of Hawaii are very pleasant, but he just didn't get excited about us knocking on his door. My first thought was he's not interested. We'll just we'll just go on. But the Holy Spirit said, talk to him. So I asked him that question again. Are you 100 percent sure you're going to heaven when you die? And He said, no, I don't know that. And so I got to lead Malcolm to the Lord right there on his doorstep. Right there on his doorstep, he got saved. I found out that Malcolm's daughter actually went to our school at one time. She got saved at our school. His wife was a Christian and again she'd been praying that her husband would get saved. And would would start going to church. He got baptized. And now he's moved from the old church building to the new church building. Walking down he, he comes in every Sunday morning he and his wife. And it's a joy to see them in church. To think just to. Regular Tuesday afternoon, just no special day, no special uh, effort, no special neighborhood, not a wealthy neighborhood, but a family that needed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now his son-in-law and his daughter and their grandchild come to our church. We just see the gospel growing and growing and growing. I want to encourage you once again, the half has not been told. Of the power of the gospel. Sometimes it seems so rote and sometimes it seems so routine for us. But I want to encourage you today to keep giving the gospel out. Keep soul conscious. The souls of men are so important. That one person, that one track that you hand out, that one person that you witness to, that one door that you knock on, the half has not been told what's going on behind that door. What God wants to do with you. John chapter 20, verse number 30. The Bible says, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing that you might have life through his name. John said, there's a lot of things that Jesus did. He said, if we wrote all of the books, the world could not contain the books. He said, "We there's a lot of things that Jesus did The half has not been told. He said, but what I've, what I've told you is the part that you need to understand. That if those that trust Christ as their Savior have eternal life. And it's for everybody. I get teased a lot for preaching in Hawaii, for being a pastor in Hawaii. But the people of Hawaii need the gospel. And that's all right. Come help us. The gospel needs to be preached. You want to make a difference in a life? You want to be an influencer? Give the gospel to one person. Keep witnessing, keep soul winning. Keep the gospel the main thing. Always, always. The half has not been told what God will do with these young, young people that are sitting in this room that will give the gospel. Keep witnessing for the Lord. And then one last thing. Psalms chapter number 40, verse number five. The half has not been told. Of what God is doing with his grace. Of what God is doing with his grace. It is amazing to see what God does. One day I was here recruiting and I was just sitting in the back. I wasn't preaching in chapel. I wasn't, I was, I was recruiting teachers. And they had the ball game that was going on. And that was back when they was in the, the old gym where barely, hardly anybody could fit in there. And I remember sitting in the gym and watching the game and enjoying the game and, and just kind of all by myself, n- not worried about anything and, just to join the game. And I noticed that some of the people around me, some of the students around me started whispering and started pointing and started talking and excited about something, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I looked over and I saw Joey Weaver walking into the gym. And I guess he was somebody. I mean, everybody was excited about him being there. And I remember his Brother Chapel was there, and Brother Chappell's a man. And he was sitting there and I saw a big smile come up by, by Brother Chappell's face and he, he started to walk towards Brother uh, Joey Weaver. And I thought about Joey Weaver, and I thought about when he used to live next door to my in-laws. And I remember when he was a junior hire. And he was in my junior high department. I was the junior high, not the teen youth director. I was the junior high youth director. Seventh and eighth graders. The crazy ones. And I remember Joey being a part of my my youth department. I saw Joey walking in. I saw Brother Chapel standing there. And I thought, I hope I get a chance to talk to Brother Joey. It'd be good to talk to him again and get, get a chance to see him again. But he's got Brother Chapel, and he's got all these other people that he's going to talk to. So I'll just wait, and and, and I'll talk to him a little bit later. And I still remember this. Joy walked right by Brother Chapel. Didn't even stop. He walked right by all these other people that were wanting to talk to him. He walked right up to me. And he shook my hand. We started talking. I was I was, I was shocked. Brother Chapel actually had to walk over from where he was standing to walk over to, to, to me to greet Joey. And Joey turned and looked at Brother Chapel and he said, This is Brother Reed. He led me to the Lord. The half has not been told. You don't understand how much people need you. They need you to do God's will. They need you to serve God. They need you to give the gospel. They need you to be faithful to the things of the Lord. The half has not been told. One of these days, you're going to have a Joey Weaver. One of these days, you're going to have a Malcolm. One of these days, you're going to have a Chris FitzHenry. The half has not been told. God wants to do great things with you. But you just can't see it now. So would you let, let an a older preacher just encourage you today to stay with it. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 40, and verse number 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done. Thy thoughts, which are to us, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. God is doing some things behind the scenes that you just don't understand. And one of these days, sometimes he lets you know it a little ahead of time. Sometimes he lets you know it a little bit later. But I think sometimes it's not going to be until we get to heaven that God's going to show you all of the things that he was doing. And it may seem a small task. It may seem a hard and difficult thing to do. But God wants to do something with your life. The half has not been told. You want to live for something. You want your life to matter. Then live by the grace of God. The half has not been told. Today, I want to encourage you. If you're not involved in service, if you're not involved in ministry here right now, get involved in ministry. Find a place to serve. Find a place to get involved. Find a place to learn how to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Don't get sidetracked. Don't let the devil take you into the world and, and take you away from the things of, of God. Don't get sidetracked. Don't let all of the false doctrines and all of the uh, worldly things to distract you from serving God. There's nothing like serving God. Nothing like it. Be a soul winner. If you get nothing else today, be a soul winner. Witness for the Lord. Give the gospel to those that are around you. This world needs the gospel. The half has not been told. And last of all, be faithful. Be faithful. It doesn't happen in a few days. That's why it's so important that you finish your college. You finished your year. You finished your four years. You get your degree. You're proving to yourself and you're proving to God and you're proving to those that you're going to minister with that you can be faithful, that you can stick with it. The half has not been told. So be faithful and let God do a mighty work in your life.